Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. And now today we're continuing the series of the book of Ephesians with chapter 2. Now, here's a little bit of backstory. I don't know about you, but I love uh, I love studying about the history and the background of uh, whatever the letters are and, and what Paul is writing. And, and Paul wrote this around, and it's, it's assumed that he was in Rome in jail around 61 AD. And he's trying to transition the end of chapter 1 to chapter 2 about thanksgiving to show the blessings of redemption. Now he wanted his readers to know Christ better. The Christ who enables believers to have an incomparable power that resurrected Christ that now rules in this day and the one to come. Now this power can come to persons who who were dead in sin but are saved by grace, raised up with Christ to participate in his rule and live out grace in the good works God has planned for his people to do. So before we get into the message, we're going to pray. But I I want to kind of bring in something... I've just finished my devotional about God's names. I love, like I said, I love studying God's names, his character, and and there's different names. And there's one name that I love that I want to kind of present to you. Um, It's Yahweh. Now, Yahweh has been translated in the church as Jehovah, you know, and I I grew up singing in church of Jehovah, but I never really knew what that meant. And then when I did this uh, devotion, I found out that Yahweh or, or Jehovah means the revealing one. So church, this morning... Can we ask Jehovah to reveal something in us through this message? Come on, let's pray. Father God, we give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you for your amazing presence that's here in this place. We thank you, God, that we can get to come here, lift up our hands, raise a hallelujah to pray and to worship you and to believe in the miracles and the power that you have for us. And God, as I speak, that you flow your words through me, that it is not my words, that this preparation was you all the time, and that people in this church will receive something and be changed when they walk out of this room. So we give you honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Everyone says? So today's scripture is Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1. And it says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Now, come on, church. We're about to have church today. Come on. Now, some of you may know, some of you may not, but I'm going to be a father to a daughter. It's coming up soon. Yeah, I know. I am terrified. Anyways, um, so all the dad... Uh, all the dads who have daughters, please help me. Um, I'm going to need a lot of advice. Actually, it's funny because I think when uh, we did the gender reveal, Pastor Jason like, immediately texted me like, hey, man, I know how it feels to have a daughter. You can text me anytime if you want advice. I'm like, I'm going to hold you up on that one. Anyways, so, and, and I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and she was like, hey, are you, are you worried about bringing a child into this world? And to be honest, I have thought about that because this world's kind of crazy, you know? It's kind of going nuts at the moment, and, and, and I, I admit it, it's crossed my mind. Um, but there's one thing that worries me the most, and i got to be honest with you. 
It's just the one thing that gets me so scared is getting my child lost at a store. I'm just saying I'm terrified of that. Well, here, here's why. Now, now, show of hands, and I'll get into it, but show of hands, how many parents have lost their kid one way or another? Come on. Oh, thank you. I don't feel alone. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. I have been left four different occasions when I was a kid, okay? <laughs> Terrifying, okay? Two in Mexico, two in the States. So it was very bad. Now, hold on. Don't judge my parents. They're great. They're a little forgetful, but they're great, okay? <laughs> they're awesome. I love them. But I remember that, uh, I remember these four times, these specific four times, because they always had a, a, the same ending. Um, you know, I, 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 it was one of those things where I wanted to be protected by my family. I've always wanted to be around everyone, but at the same time, I wanted to make my own decisions. Now, one time, I was at a restaurant with my family, and uh, I went to grab a fake tattoo. You know, have, have you ever used those machines? You put like 75 cents, you push it in, you pull it out. It's like a sleeve and stuff like that. And then you put a tattoo. My dad thinks the reason why I have twos is because I did that when I was a kid. Whatever, he's weird. Um, but I did that, and I went to the restroom because I was like, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to put on the tattoo. So I put on the tattoo. Then my family gets up and leaves without realizing that I wasn't with them. And so here comes little Isai, just has a tattoo. I'm excited. Whoa, yeah, I feel like a rebel. You know, one of those things. And I walk out, and then there's no no family. And I'm like, this is bad, you know? So, um, and then so here comes little Isai. He's running after the car because he sees a car driving off, screaming, and he's terrified, and I am feeling helpless. Now, another time, I held my dad's hand at a carnival where he, uh, we wanted to walk in different directions. He wanted to go left, and I wanted to go right. So then I let go of my dad's hand, and I, lo- I lose sight of him, and I cried. What do you expect? And I felt lost. Another time, I walked four blocks down my house because I thought my mom walked outside. Then I was picked up by the police in the middle of the ghetto, and I was terrified. <laughs> and I felt hopeless. Now, do you see why I'm nervous about having a kid? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to lose my kid. But this leads to my first point here is that in the scripture, we read that we are born dead. Paul talks to us about being dead in the trespasses and sin. When you go deeper into this specific verse, Paul presents this as being hopeless, helpless, and spiritually lost of all mankind. See, man created God, uh, man created, uh, is created in God's image, but that was distorted in the fall. We live in a fallen world that is full of sin and darkness. Now, verse 2 says this, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. This world is corrupted and incomplete. Now you may ask, why is this a fallen world? Why am I born dead? Let me me kind of bring some insight of what's happening right now and, and why this has all come together is that this kind of predates to like the time of Lucifer. Now Lucifer is Satan, but he was an angel. He was one of the high ranking angels and he was actually known as being one of the first or the first worship leader of all time. He had this cape of jewels, beautiful jewels, and he will move the cape and beautiful music will come out and the angels will worship the Lord. The issue with Lucifer though is that he wanted power. So he became fallen. The Lord cast him out. And then you keep moving forward, Adam and Eve, and then you have Satan who tempted Eve. She disobeyed, and then Eve corrupted Adam. Come on, y'all. Anyway, so um, (laughs) don't say that, all right? (laughs) And then they fallen. They disobeyed God, and guess what happened? They got exiled from the Garden of Eden, the place where it was perfect, the, the paradise, the place everyone wants to go to, and they were exiled. 
We live in a fallen world. Now, scholars believe that there's two types of sin. There's natural sin. This is the sin that we commit. And then there's original or inherited sin. We have inherited the shame and the sin of our ancestors. That we live in a fallen world. And not only, not only is this world corrupted because I'm super negative right now, you know what I'm saying? But guess what? We are corrupted as well. I heard a couple amens. Some of y'all are trying to ignore me. Anyways, verse 3 says this, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind, we live out our fleshly desires. Now, I have to admit, I'm not perfect. I mean, who is, you know? I make mistakes in my life. Now, having a pregnant wife, I am learning to make sure to not say anything offensive to my wife. And all the dads say amen, right? I have to be careful. And I have to admit, guys, some of you guys know me. I mean, my wife knows me the most. I am selfish. I do have an ego. I am stubborn and I'm prideful. But I'm not perfect. We are not perfect. Now, can I be transparent with you today, church? I believe that Satan is real. I believe that Satan is the enemy. But you have to understand this, that there's another powerful enemy that we need to confront ourselves. Have you heard this phrase, I am my own worst enemy? Come on, somebody. There's a real enemy that Paul talks about in verse 2 of our scripture, the prince of the air. Who is Satan? And then if you see this after verse 2, he connects that with verse 3, talking about our fleshly desires. He actually goes a little bit further in Galatians 5.17. He says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are, not in con- they, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Other translations say that they are two opposing forces fighting each other. Now, the way I see this and I, and I picture, I like, to, I like to take, you know, the word of God and then put it into an example that makes sense to me. Has anybody ever seen Discovery Channel or the National Geographic Channel where you see like two rams, they're like revving it up and they come in just like charging each other? That's how I see our fleshly desires and our spirit interact. They are constantly fighting within ourselves. Come on, church, do you hear me this morning? There's a reason why we battle with ourselves. We are our worst enemy. You know, some people actually give in to the fleshly desires. They want to do whatever they want behavior-wise. They want to think whatever they think. They want to say whatever negative thing they want to say, and they call it free speech. Some people say that they love God, but when rubber meets the road, their actions are different. 1 John 4.20 says this, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You cannot do that. You can't come to church and say, God, raise a hallelujah, but then you're not doing your action behind the scenes. Without God and his presence, we are spiritually lost. There have, men, there have been many times where I've lived out my, fle- uh, my fleshly desires, and I felt so disconnected from God. Heck, you can even ask my own wife, when I'm not in the Word, when I'm not talking to my father daily, there's something different about me. There's something wrong. Guys, I'm spiritually lost. I am dead. I have to have that connection. I want to be in his presence. I want to be in the middle of his presence. So in this scripture of Ephesians, Paul talks about being born dead. 
And then Paul talks about this transformative moment. We are made alive. Can I get an amen for that? Which leads to my second point, that we got to walk by the Spirit. See, when we are made alive, there is a transformative moment where death is resurrected. Now, here's the thing. What's expected from us when we are resurrected? What, what's expected when we go into this transformative moment? Well, Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we are made alive in Christ, there is no need to be like anyone else. There is no need to do what the world wants us to do. But here's the real question. How do we do that? you got to walk by the Spirit. Allow God to shine through you. How? Now, if there's anything that you can leave from this message, if there's anything that I want you to leave with this, uh, from this message, is allowing God to shine through you means allowing people to see God in you. I'm going to say that again because someone needs to hear that. Allowing God to shine through you means allowing people to see God in you. The Bible explains the flesh and the spirit in a way that allows us to examine our lives. If you go to Galatians 5, verse 19, the first part says this, Paul is speaking. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the flesh. But then Paul talks about this in verse 22, and it should be on the board. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Walking by the Spirit means that you need to change your posture. You need to change your position and behave in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Becoming alive means that we have breath in our bones to act out these fruits. You want God to shine through you? You got to show your fruits. Come on, show some love. Be joyous. Come on, right now, smile to someone. I want you to smile. Come on, smile to your neighbor. Come on, show them teeth. Come on, Donnie, don't smile. That was disgusting. Anyways, but smile. (laughs) Smile. Have peace. Be patient. Show kindness. Be good. Be faithful. Be gentle. Have self-control. Walking by the Spirit is not a one-time thing. It's not a thing where you come to church and say, I believe in God. No, walking by the Spirit is a daily thing that you have to do. Show the fruits. We must make this effort to live by his grace. Materialistic things don't matter. Our opinions don't matter. How much money we make doesn't matter. You know what does matter? God and his grace for us. I want to live in his grace. I want to see, I want people to see Jesus through me. You see, here's the thing. You don't need a position at a church for people to see Jesus in you. you know, I'm tired of seeing people, like, uh, people act like Jesus in, on Sunday, and then they leave them here in service, and they walk out, and the, what happened? What happened? Here's the thing. I want, you to, I want you to hear this. There is a need. There is a need for business owners, truck drivers, caseworkers, teachers, stay-at-home moms, professionals, heck, even the guy flipping the burger at McDonald's to step up and live by grace. We got to live by grace. 
I had the pleasure of being a young adult pastor in Detroit, Michigan. It's one of my favorite times of my life. And, and uh, I, was, uh, I was asked by my friend who was a children's pastor, and he, he just asked me, he was like, hey, do you miss it? Do you miss being a pastor? And I, I started to think, and I was like, hmm, well, I mean, there's some things I do miss. But you know what? I get to be a pastor in the community that I work for. I get to show Jesus beyond a building. I get to show grace beyond these four walls. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying having a position at church is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, church, and listen to me, grace goes beyond these four walls. Grace goes beyond these four walls. Grace, grace is meant for all. And actually, if you dive into the scripture even more in, the, in this book of Ephesians, you're going to see that Paul is actually explaining how grace breaks down discrimination. Because at this time, the Gentiles were the outcasts of the, the, of the fold. And so now you have the grace and what he's preaching. He's saying it's, it's for everyone. It is for all. See, I grew up in church, and I grew up at a traditional Hispanic church. Anybody grew up in a traditional church? Anybody? Right? Like down by the river type of church, you know? I grew up down by the tacos type of church, you know? So that's what I did. Um, and so I grew up in a very traditional Hispanic church, and and one of the things that really has hit me so much, and, I, and, I, and it's one of those moments that like has burned in your head, is when I saw a homeless guy walk into the service. I'm excited. I'm a young guy. I'm like, this is awesome. People off the street going to church. And the ushers escorted him to the back of the service, of the church, because he smells. He didn't look like them. Can I be honest with you, church? There's some Christians who act like that. There's some Christians who discriminate. The thing is, that, that homeless guy, he just wanted to be in his presence. That's all he wanted to do. That's not showing grace. That wasn't showing the fruits of the Spirit. One of the things that Kaylee and I try to do um, to live out our grace as, as, as best as we can, we like to help people off the streets uh, and, you know, give them food or whatever. Um, just recently, one late night, uh, we're coming back from a wedding. It was an outside wedding. So, first of all, I'm confused. Why are you going to have an outside wedding in July? Like, seriously? Come on. Common sense. Anyways, <laughs> it's hot, you know. And I think I'm thinking about this because I have a pregnant wife. So, like, it's like it's outside. She's going to get hot. So, like, so it's late. We, we were heading uh, back home, and it was like 9 o'clock or something like, something like that. And, and we went to the gas station because we had to get gas before uh, coming, uh, be, you know, for the next morning. And there was a couple who came in. They did not look like me. They, they, look, they look dirty. They look sweaty. Um, you know, they, the lady says, I have twins. I'm like, you don't look like it. You know, one of the things. Like, it's just like I could be, and I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be very transparent. I judged them. There was a moment that I did judge them. I looked at them, and I'm like, oh, I feel fishy about this. But there's something in my spirit that says, just do it. Just give them up. And they, you know what they wanted to do? They, were just, they just wanted a bus ride. A bus ride down by the road, it was the opposite way of my house, but you know what? The Lord says, just do it, just to give him a quick bus ride. And I, then I asked my wife, I was like, hey, because, you know, I want to make sure that she's feel comfortable. And I asked her, like, hey, what do you think? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Now, why do I say this? Because I had the opportunity to make up an excuse. I had the opportunity to fall into my personal judgmental issues, or I could show God's grace by just giving them a simple bus ride. Now, I chose the latter. Because I believe that God did not make us to be judgmental to others. I believe God made us to live out his grace while we live on this earth. Now, I tell you what, living by his spirit, living by his grace, it gets me pumped. Anybody gets pumped about that? 
I get excited to see what God has for me. I get excited that I'm filled with his grace, and I continue to seek his presence to seek his grace. I love talking to people. Actually, we had a dinner with a couple two nights ago, and we're talking about how God is just so amazing. Where, like, when there's zero dollars in your account, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have been there. When there's zero dollars in your account, you're like, God, how am I going to pay this bill? And somehow God provides because of his loving grace. And then I talked to someone yesterday about the same thing, how they don't have, they, they, they were going through debt and debt, and they, they have a house now. They're about to buy a new car, and they have a great abundant family, and they're about to have a second child. God is so gracious, guys. I love talking to people about this stuff. I love bringing that up. Why? Because it gets me pumped up. I get pumped. Anybody get pumped? <laughs> now, in the same way as I get excited for the Spirit of the Lord, I have to take the, I, have to, I must take the opportunity to fight back from my flesh and live in His grace. I can't just, I can't just stay in that, that sweet spot like, man, it's awesome. God's grace. I got to do work. I got to do something. I got to make sure I'm showing his, his fruits. But here's the thing. There's times that we don't act by his grace. We come here on a Sunday, then we leave acting the same as we did before. Can I, can I challenge you? Give God the ability to flow his grace through you so that you may exemplify his kingdom. Then Paul ties everything together by saying this in verse 5. Even when we're dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And this is my last point today. We are only made alive through Christ. Christ is the main factor of this. Romans 5.8 actually says this, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that scripture. It's actually my favorite verse. Now, when I read that scripture, again, I, I go back and trying to connect and making sure it makes sense in my head. And, I, and, I, and the way I see this is that I see how someone does like a show and tell. Anybody ever done like a show and tell before? You know, you always have that one kid with the pet rock and you're just like, why? You know, um, but there's show and tell. And how I see show and tell is that it's a glimpse of the bigger picture. It's a glimpse. Now, if God is demonstrating to us his love, to me, it's a glimpse of how much more he has for us. And, and by demonstrating that, he sent his son to die for us? How crazy is that? I get overwhelmed thinking about how much love I can receive because just by his son dying for us, that's a lot of love in itself. And God has more love for you? That's crazy. Come on, somebody. God ties everything, uh, Paul ties everything together with Christ. God has an abundant amount of love for you. He wants to show you this abundant love through his son when he died for you to be alive in him. We were once lost, hopeless, helpless, but now we are found alive. I love the song Amazing Grace from John Newton which I believe can sum up Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. And it goes like this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once 
I see. I was a wretch. I was broken. I was useless. I was empty. But here comes Jesus to lift me up and fill me with his grace. I can move away from the fleshly desires and move into the fruits. Church, are you willing to live by his grace this morning? Are you willing to let go and let God do what he does best and fill you with his grace? One of my favorite analogies that I like is the chair analogy. And, and this chair represents you. This chair represents your decisions, your thoughts, your behaviors, your opinions, all of that. This is you. And we get comfortable with this chair. We sit down. We make sure that it's comfortable for us. We make sure our booties is, you know, we imprint it and stuff like that. We feel comfortable. We are the master of our own decisions. We call the shots. But church, can I ask you today, are you willing to give up the chair to him? Are you willing to give up that chair so then he can do something amazing in your life? You know, we talk about raise a hallelujah and stuff like that. And you know what? I'm not saying that he didn't hear our prayers. He did. But what about raising a hallelujah in your own life? What about getting up from the chair and allowing God to sit down in that chair to call the shots? You need to give up that chair. You need to move away from the flesh and allow God to do an everlasting change in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Just stay right here. Begin to examine your life right now. Begin to examine what God is trying to speak to you at this moment. I believe someone, someone's heart is being stirred up right now. There's some things that you've been doing that is not acceptable in God's eyes that you need to change. That, you know, and maybe you're, you've been struggling with your walk with Christ. Maybe you've been struggling in life in general, but I'm here to tell you right now that if you just give up that chair, God's going to fill you up with so much grace, you don't even know what to do with it. God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. God loves you so much that in the midst of us being nasty, gross, rude, mean, a jerk, he still sent his son to die for you. Maybe some of us need to act a little bit more joyous. Some of us need to be a little bit more patient, more kind. Maybe there's someone that you know in your mind right now at work that you just haven't been as, as kind to them, and you got to change some things about that. Church, it's time. It's time to live out grace. It's time to show people God in us. We cannot hide this anymore. Let's let God do his thing. Let go and let God do amazing things in your life.
Now, if you're here right now and you're just saying, man, Isai, I'm struggling right now. I, I don't, I don't know what my next steps are. You know what? Let's, how about the next step? Let's just pray together. And let's, let's, let's agree that, you know what? God, take over. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your love. So just repeat after me, everyone in the church. Say, Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, Lord. Here I am. I give everything to you. I push away the fleshly desires. And I want to be filled in your grace. I don't want to be a child of wrath anymore. But I want to be a child of the kingdom. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your love. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart. Do a transformation in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.